Hey, everybody. Have you ever watched a game and said to your buddies, I knew... Insert player name here. ...was going to do that? Alas, the sports gods have delivered us a solution. The Thrive Fantasy app. Thrive is a -a one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app specifically for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top-tier athletes in the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, or esports. For the NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 player prop options, and yes, even Falcons players are available. For fans of the NBA, MLB, or PGA and esports events, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to complete your lineup. Thrive even offers new contests daily for each PGA event. Meaning, if your golfer doesn't make the cut, you'll still have a chance to win big. By this time, you should be asking, but Nick, how do I make money? Well, each prop has an associated over or under fantasy point total based on its likelihood to occur. But beware, the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. By racking up the most points, you win the prize pool. And since launching in 2018, Thrive has paid out more than $1.3 million in prizes. So what are you waiting for? Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Yes, that's $20. And also, code ROOM303. Download Thrive Fantasy and prop up today. Short and sweet this week, baby. Welcome back to episode 31 of Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colo Mendez. You know, the handsome, the smart, the stunning one. And this is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan. He's also present in each episode. Yes, and I have the face, the local uh, face for radio. <laughs> the the off-mentioned, never-seen face for radio. That's right. People have always told me, wow, what a great voice. I should never see your face. <laughs> so how you been this week, buddy? Oh, not too bad. Um... Yeah, watching some watching some good. We're, we're starting to get the drawdown on uh, the greatest uh, three months in sports history. So now we just got the the MLB playoffs. I've lost every single one of my MLB uh, playoff bets so far, and the Atlanta Braves are making it so that I may not make any money off the MLB playoffs. Yeah, let's just jump right into that. Uh, your Dodgers pick is looking shite. So yeah, not very good. So the Rays and Braves, not something I'd ever predict at the start of the season, are both up two zero. Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't like. I, it should have been, it should have been just known to me that the Dodgers are gonna, were gonna fuck me over somehow. That's what I told you when I was picking the Padres. I thought they would blow it against the Padres, but sure enough, it's the Braves I should have picked. And you know what makes me really mad, Jermaine? What is that? I caved. I caved the other day, and I said, "You know what? If the Astros are going to win the World Series, I'm going to win a little bit of money off them." So I put ten dollars on the no. Astros to win the World Series. No, you did not. I did. I put ten dollars just to be like, you know what? I hate to see it, but it's going to happen. And then guess what? I'm going to make no money. I, I've probably thrown a total of let me get the number right one million dollars into the MLB playoffs, and I've made zero. Hey, if you were a betting man. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> unfortunately it is my condition. So, here's the thing: before we sat down and started recording this, the Braves were up five-one with the bases loaded, one out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you put money on the 
Strohs. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I am, I am overjoyed that the Houston Astros are not going to make the playoffs or make the World Series. I, I am overjoyed. Yeah. So, does that mean the Tampa Tramp Stamp is happening? The Tampa Tramp Stamp. So, explain for the piece. So, for those of you who don't know, the Tampa Tramp Stamp is the Lightning have already won the Stanley Cup. Uh, if the Rays make it to the World Series and win the World Series, uh, then they com- they complete two of three. And then, if Tom Brady pulls his head out of his butt, or Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, or no. the Jacksonville Jaguars, LOL. Um, no, it's got to be the Bucks. It's got to be the Bucks, bro. If if Tampa Bay wins, then we complete what we call the three-peat of Tampa championships or the Room 303 exclusive, the Tampa Tramp Stamp. Tampa Tramp Stamp. Coined it here today, episode 31. The date is October 13, 2020. The time is 8-10 Pacific Standard time. That's actually what is it? Pacific date time. PDT. No big deal. <laughs> um, for all those people listening at home, we've got that shit trademarked. We're coming for your ass if you steal it. With that being said, let's move into trivia. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, let's let's finish out the MLB part with with. Uh, okay. Somebody somebody paid a Roldis Chapman a lot of money to eliminate the Yankees. And now those of you out there are thinking to yourself, it doesn't, isn't a Rodas Chapman the closer for the New York Yankees? And yeah, he is. Reminder, he's a Yankees pitcher. Uh, but for the second straight year, Rodas Chapman gave up a, uh, the game-winning run and smiled to himself. Yeah, it's uh, – <laughs> so as a Cubs fan, he tried his hardest to make sure that we did not beat the Indians. Araldis Chapman can't pitch in the eighth inning or earlier. <laughs> I've been saying it for years, and they keep putting him in in the eighth inning, and he gives up a dinger. It's not even like a single or a base knock. It's not even like, oh, he accidentally walked the another person and walked a runner in because the pitcher before him. He just cannot pitch unless it's the ninth inning. And even then, if it's the ninth inning, he's not even that solid. I was about to say, and even then, he's not really. He's like 50-50. It's the fucking – it's the – yeah, he tried his hardest. God had to call a timeout, gifted the Cubs the World Series. He said, here's a little rain. Get your head out of your asses. We can get you this dub, and then you get the ship. Fuck her all this Chapman, dude. Good ri- yeah. I, I'm so glad that the Yankees got punished by them spending – excuse me. as a burp. By them – Spending money on a Raleigh Chapman. Yeah, it's. I just. I, I don't know how. Like, if you want some, if you want to pay someone league minimum to go out there and blow games in the eighth inning for you. I mean, I know a left-handed pitcher whose arm is about to fall off. Who you can I pay know. less than whatever you're paying a Raleigh Chapman. I know a dude who doesn't pitch that will go do the same thing. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are you are a prodigy at baseball. We we can say you're a prodigy at baseball. Yeah, I did uh, pick up some 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 little techniques pretty quickly. So in Say- in Diego, when 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 Jermaine and I first met, Jermaine uh, wanted to know how hard it was to play baseball, and and you would admit that it's pretty hard, Jermaine, right? 
Oh, it's way more difficult than anyone <laughs> could ever believe. Yeah. I never said I, it wasn't, but I just, you know, I had to like go in and re like check that box. And I wasn't, I wasn't chucking heat either. I wasn't chucking MOB average. So <laughs> just imagine like I was chucking probably 75 to you. Imagine 93 coming up there hot and fast. What, what's, uh, what's Zach Greinke's slowest pitch called? Oh, the EFIS? Yeah, yeah, you were pitching league average EFIS. Yeah, league average <laughs> EFIS. Yeah, league, I was pitching league average Jamie Moyer changeup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, but the, boy. But the Yankees are eliminated, so that's good. It's good to see the Yankees not win. Uh, the Astros are eliminated. It's good to see the Astros not win. I have completely two different sides of this, Jermaine. I have myself as a baseball fan, and I have myself as a betting man. And the betting, the the betting man is is very near the edge of the roof right now. He doesn't he doesn't know what's going on right now. And the baseball fan is just is just I, I'm ecstatic to see a to see a Tampa Bay Rays Atlanta Braves series. I, that's I, that's awesome for me as a baseball fan. But as a better, I'm kind of like okay, so I've missed every single bet. Super for the listeners at home. Uh, Nick's betting man. That's his usual spot. He's actually got a chair, a nice, a nice side table. He's got a few cup holders, and he's got a waitress who brings him his drinks. So that's nothing new. But for the for the baseball fan, it's a little different. I'm actually torn. I'm a fan of villains in sports, and like Kevin Durant was a terrific villain. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, he was a terrific villain because he he thought he thought himself the good guy, which makes the best villain. Yeah, he was like Christian Bale and Batman. He's like, I'll be the I'll be the villain the city needs. Yeah, or like uh, or like Thanos or Ultron in the Marvel Avenger, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They first think all, they're doing good. First of all, Thanos was right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I you're not going to hear any argument here. Thanos was right. Tony Stark is the villain of the MCU. <laughs> Did he make? Mind. Listen, everything bad in the MCU happens because of who, Jermaine? Tony Stark. Tony Stark is the reason that bad things happen in Marvel. I'll tell anyone who listens. Tony Stark lost the ability to watch his child grow old due to his own lack of hubris, you son of a bitch. Have more hubris, asshole. <laughs> All right, I think we've uh, I think we've malingered enough. So I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna completely derail the conversation now, Jermaine, because it just popped into my head. So tell people. So we mentioned a while back, Jermaine is the executive producer and writer on a comic book called The Immortal Asadi. And I noticed the other day, Jermaine, that that you guys are in production of page three now. You just put page three out. So your GoFundMe got approved. You colorized page one. Page two is off to the off to the the artists right now, and you guys just drafted page three, right? Give give, give, the, give give the people a little bit more insight into into this project that you've been working on. Yeah, so uh, as Nick aptly described, pretty spot on. Page three. Uh, oh, geez. It was Stop just, with the compliments. Was just finally inked, and um, it's on its way to the colorer, and the colorer has a pretty quick turnaround. So the page three with color should be out here shortly, and so we're actually turning away at a pretty pretty solidly. Uh, scripts written, um, editorials are done. We've got the pages set up for everything. It's just a matter of 
you know, the artist having the time to finish each page and he's churning them out rather quickly. So that's pretty exciting stuff for us. Like best part is, is the Indiegogo. You can still go back the comic if you wanted to. So please do. But, yeah. And, and if you are listening, please do like, uh, it's always been a dream of mine. So there was a few dreams of mine as a kid, right? So one of them was to write my own comic book. One of them was to own my own pizza shop with my brother because we were huge Ninja Turtle fans. <laughs> and and honestly, uh, be trained in martial arts by a rat that uh, that has to come hand in hand. Yeah, he's the person who funds the pizza shop. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, duh. Human sized rat. <laughs> and the third was to own a movie theater. Uh, COVID's going to prove the third one incredibly difficult. Good thing during COVID, people still like pizza, so option two is still on the table. What real what realistic goals you had as a kid? God, I'm so happy I'm in business with you. I was like, <laughs> I want to be one week. I was like, I want to be a firefighter. And I was like, I want to be an astronaut. And then for about three, I was like, I want to be a professional baseball player. <laughs> That's not hard, right? That's not hard. You want to own a pizza shop? Nerd. I'm Puerto Rican, bro. So from about three, I was just like, I want to be drunk. <laughs> so for about three, you were, you were owning a pizza shop, unlike us privileged white kids growing up. Running, so owning, you, so, operating, ordering. Yeah, so for you guys <laughs> know, I get angry at my daughter because she's three right now, three and a half, and she doesn't hold a job down. While, what is while little, on the while, economy? Well, Puerto Rican kids like Jermaine have, have already established their second business. They're in, they're in, they're in talks with franchising. I mean – it's it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, a, a, she's a bum. I'm not gonna lie. Does, I'm gonna say anyone, how it is. Has anyone heard of Papa John's? There's a reason why the first word is Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> that one tickled me. That one got me. Hot Papi John's. <laughs> hey, uh, so we're we're pretty decently into this podcast and haven't got anything we wanted to talk about in. Well, I mean, isn't that isn't that pretty typical of our podcast? Yeah. Well, actually, we covered MLB already, so yeah, so we're doing good. But here, let's let let's let's revert back to the to the top of the show. So, trivia for you guys this week: a lot of NFL themed trivia. Obviously, that's because not a lot of other sports are going on, but. Uh, the trivia that we have for you this week is who is the oldest coach in NFL history? Who is the oldest coach in NFL history? And I will say this as a caveat to the question. It does not have to be a full-time coach. It can be somebody that stepped into the position when a coach was fired midseason. So just to clarify, we're not just talking – we're we're talking about actual age, not necessarily like oldest spirit. <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> All right, for any of you who thought that I was talking about old, like old oldest spirit coach, you can just get the fuck out. <laughs> Hit pause on your podcast right now, undownload it, do not like, do not comment, do not subscribe, and get out. So clearly it's not Bill Belichick, who is 97 and a half years old right now. 97 and a half thousand years old is what you meant to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that was what I want to clarify by spirit. So for the listeners at home, Bill Belichick is the oldest, just not the oldest in the way you think he is. 
Bill Belichick is so old that he doesn't even speak English. He, can, he still communicates in that series of grunts and whistles. Mm. Mm. Yeah, quite good. <laughs> All right. So seeing as the uh, trivia question is NFL related, let's hop into the NFL week five recap. With all the games being done and finished, especially this odd Tuesday night football game between the Bills and the hapless find and cut Titans. Um, let's go ahead and think of, let's go ahead and go through some of our uh, thoughts, prayers, scoops, and we'll start with none other than uh, the man that's on everyone's mind, uh, who will be brought up again at the very end of this podcast for everyone's favorite. Um, Dak Prescott suffered um, a cramp, according to Tony Romo. Oh, man. It's one of the most unfortunate situations you could have seen. He bet on himself. He was bawling. I had him for preseason MVP, although that has no <laughs> that has no bearing. That does not matter. Um, uh, yeah, he's out four to six weeks with a compound ankle fracture. This is four to six uh, months, Jermaine. Four, yeah, I said weeks. You know. <laughs> yeah. You imagine? I, like, if I was like, walk, <laughs> you imagine what is he? What is he? The Terminator? <laughs> If he walked back on the field this season, I would have lost my mind. His, his, it, dude, he needed to do the Undertaker entrance if he walked back <laughs> on. <laughs> <Andy Dalton. laughs> oh, so four to six months, and God, it was it was as tough to watch as it was as tough to. <sighs> Yeah. To be a, to to be annoyed with the business side of the NFL, we'll touch on that a little later. Um, it's official, dude. It's official. The tank for Trevor storyline is a huge subplot this season. There are teams in this race that I did not even think would be present. Yeah, so I mean, we can talk. We can talk about the un the excuse me the defeated teams right now, right? Atlanta and then the two New York team teams, the Jets and the Giants. A big development in tank for Trevor is that uh, the Falcons owner, what's his last name? Art what? Arthur Blank. Oh, Arthur Blank. That's right. Came out the other day after firing Dan Quinn and their GM and said. It is not certain that Matt Ryan will be our franchise quarterback. We'll get into that a little bit later because Jermaine and I have differing opinions on that. I think he's a 35-year-old guy who, if you shift him out the door right now, I hate fucking retirement tours, so get him out. But, I mean, Atlanta seems like they're going to be a front runner right now if they keep playing as poorly as they are for the for the Trevor Lawrence kind of youth revolution in Atlanta. Yeah, so uh, Arthur, I don't know why you said blank. Uh, you, I must have been bleeped out. That's why you said blank. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's a terrible joke for those of you at home. Um, <laughs> Nick barely got it. So the Jets released that. Arthur, now. insert name here. Insert last name here. <laughs> yeah, insert last name here. So the Jets released Le'Veon Bell. On top of that, so the Jets and Falcons are, are, are really are really putting the pieces in place for Trevor Lawrence. They're playing chess while the Giants are like, well, we think we've got some good players, even though Saquon's out for the season. Sterling Shepard can't stay healthy for a four-game stretch to save his life. And then you have 
teams like the Cowboys, right? Not they don't have a good defense. Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. I don't see any drop off really as far as the offense goes. It might and be I don't the think best he's ever had this ever. many. I don't think he's ever had this many weapons when he was ever in Cincinnati. Yeah, and so Minnesota was up, and then Mike Zimmer said, "Watch this," and said. <laughs> Watch as I rescue defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> yeah. Mike Simmer said, watch this, and took his team to one and four and said, all right, boys, we're still in luck. Kirk Cousins is ass water. <laughs> Dalvin Cook pulled a groin. We can get yeah. Trevor. We just need to keep on this pace. So, hey guys, come on. We can do it. <laughs> then you have teams who are like, oh, Teddy Bridgewater, don't worry. We'll be tied for division lead. Oh, I will- uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. A Ryan Fitzpatrick. Hey, hey, remember when we talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick that he would be out after week four no matter what he did? Ryan Fitzpatrick's uh, a very a loyal listener of the show, I guess, said bet. And uh he's he's leading the Dolphins. Um the last thing I'll say on Dak Prescott though is in this uh in this world that we have in where we have we have the wire camera and we have the cameras on the sidelines and high def and in every view of the stadium i mean yeah, they got that they got it per- they got it perfectly on like three different cameras and just to watch that injury for him i mean i, I you, you said it already i mean best wishes go out to Dak Prescott cuz it, it, it's rough. It's rough when, you know, you, like you said, you bet on yourself and then you get, you know, it's kind of the Earl Thomas thing. You get kind of, <laughs> you get kind of PP slapped for it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I always, no, you, no you're good. I, I, mean, I, it, I, I text my friends immediately when I heard the news, like my Cowboys friends, right. I text them off the line. Like, cause I, I'm known to give Dak Prescott a lot of heat. Cause Dak Prescott is not good against good teams. And he's not good unless his team is, is perfect around him. Yeah. And this, this year he was, <laughs> his team was less than perfect. And he had them in striking distance every game. So, um, I will say that yeah. this is this is one person I don't want to bet against, right? Yeah. Dak Prescott is somebody I don't want to bet against. Um, and the other thing is, I I do think his time is done in Dallas. They didn't want to pay him before this. They signed Andy Dalton to whatever deal they signed him to. I think he can earn up to seven or eight million dollars this year. Um, they've already got a ton of money tied up into Amari and Zeke, and they have to sign their offensive line and defensive players are coming up, and their defense is completely terrible. I don't see them I don't see them sinking any money into Dak. I, I think Dak walks, and I actually have a sleeper spot. And this is where we'll, where we'll leave the Dak Prescott talk. We don't even hear your sleeper talk, but I will drop the sleeper talk. I think Dak Prescott suits up for the San Francisco 49ers next year. That, I mean, I, I, you, Super Bowl, hello. 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 All right, let's yeah. move on. What do you got for the, yeah. what do you want to bring up a topic for uh, the NFL week five recap? So- We've been talking about it, right? And it's kind of the it's kind of the bear in the back of the room that the NFL has been feeding enough, like just enough, to keep it from 
mauling every single person in the room, and it's COVID. Right? <laughs> the, the, NFL, the NFL has been able to tweak and work and do this, but I mean, how how like how much longer, Jermaine? Do you think the NFL can can work in Tuesday night games, especially when we talked about last week? NFL players are so like so schedulized, I guess, in terms of their preparation, and and you have practice and walkthroughs on this day and that day. I don't know how much longer you can keep, oh, yeah, Tuesday. Okay, but then you're still going to play. Like we talk about short weeks when they play on Monday and then have to play again on Sunday, and teams hate that. Now you're going to be forcing a team to play on Tuesday and then again on – how much longer does this go until the NFL says, you know what, let's shut it down for two weeks and let's and let's figure out a way to play in the bubble? Yeah, I, I don't – I don't know how to answer that question. I do know that the NFL has several contingencies in place, including a week 18 being added to the scenario. And a week 18 presents a very interesting dichotomy. So I don't know if I would, as the one seed, want that three or four week layoff before I play again. It almost seems disadvantageous. So maybe you have a week 17 buy for all the teams who have already played the 16 games and then you have the teams who need to make up ball games play in the week 17 and then week 18, every team plays, right? So that's an yeah. interesting situation that they have. So that week 18 kind of, uh, you know, with the little pushback and the, and the, the television television networks, you know, meeting them halfway, you could kind of see an easy facilitation of that. But if we see another outbreak, the level of the Tennessee Titans this season is in dire straits. And one thing that I have no doubt in saying is that the NFL is one of the worst run organizations I've ever seen. And I think they will botch this and they will fail unilaterally across the board to where this season gets drug out well into March. If some, some, un you know, some, some, unforeseen circumstance happens in the near future. Well, it's not really like it doesn't really have to be unforeseen, right? Because if you look at the COVID outbreak so far, the the NFL has been able to keep it in like first order effects, right? This team played that team. This team will get COVID tests. If the no COVID test, then that team's good to play. But what happens when you start talking about, hey, this team played that team. That team, those two teams are now positive, but then we didn't find that out until this team was already playing this team. Now you're talking second, third order effects. Yeah, that Thursday turnaround is really, really, really going to make this tricky. And yeah. the the other thing to think about is, oh man, lost my train of thought. Like, can 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 you keep can you keep rescheduling games to the next? I mean, like, it's going to reach the oh. point where. It's going to reach the point where week eighteen. I mean, you're going to have like how how do you how do you figure out these games? And I and I don't. I'm not confident. I listen. I'm confident the NBA could figure it out, right? I think the NBA is the best run organization in professional sports right now, aside from FIFA, of course, because I mean they they just do everything spectacularly. Everyone should model their organization off FIFA, right? Oh, that's sarcasm for those of you out. Yeah, that's I. I if anybody comes to me and says, "Well, oh, FIFA's not," I'm going to be like, "Shut up." Stop listening. <laughs> if you don't know that that's sarcasm, you don't know sports. But the you NBA are is, fine and cut. You are fine and cut. That's right. 
I don't trust the NFL, like you said. I don't trust any league other than the really the NBA and the NHL to run a bubble because I think the NFL cares too much about its markets and they don't want to stick players in a specific market because then they'll lose money. And we have seen already the MLB and the NFL only care about money. Yep. No, it's – man, it's – I mean – It's – Oh, man, I don't even understand. Uh, so it's already it's already affected eight team schedules. You know that eight yeah, different 25 percent of the league now. Eight different teams were affected by this COVID outbreak from one team, right? The Patriots, the Patriots did have, and that affected everything too. But but that's, Titans, can, can we can we be sure that's not just Bill Belichick playing like? Bill Belichick using this to his advantage. <laughs> yeah, I'm like pretty sure Bill Belichick said, hey, my $1 million quarterback, let's go ahead and put him under. Let's put him cut, under. Right? Fine and cut the Titans, right? Because it's their, it's their fault this entire thing happened. But can we really be sure that Bill Belichick wasn't? Because Bill Belichick has to find that one game that the Pats lose to make it seem like they're really terrible, right? That they're the underdogs. Maybe this defeat against KC is just prepping us for an AFC championship game in which he's like, look, Cam, they beat us last time. That's a good point. Yeah. Bill Belichick needed that fuel. He was just like, how can I guarantee this box to KC? I know my defense is going to lock them up for three and a half quarters, and then I'm going to let off. But if I can guarantee my offense not scoring any points. That's right. And I know in the championship game I'm going to get that dub. And I'm going to get that ring against Tom Brady in the finals. Well, the, the Raiders gave us a game plan on how to beat Casey this last week, Jermaine. Obviously, this is sarcastic. Okay. They gave us a game plan. All you have to do is score 40 points. No, dude. And hit four-plus passes of 40-plus yards. How hard is that? NFL, listen to me. Four passes over 40 yards two of which go for touchdowns, and score 40 points. Um, that's It seems pretty easy to me. I want to say this, though, before <laughs> everyone hypes up the Raiders. The Los Angeles Chargers gave the game plan to guard, to guard Kansas City. And I will say this also in favor of Anthony Lynn, who I think gets fired this year. Anthony Lynn and the Chargers gave this game plan last season. Oh, shocker. John Gruden is stealing other people's game plans to beat good teams. What a genius head coach. I wish every other head coach in the league would do that. You know who doesn't, Jermaine? You know who takes game plans? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold, 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 hold on. You hear that, Nick? Yeah. That's the greatest sound in the world. And that's brought to you by our sponsor, White Claw. White Claw, <laughs> for those of you who think you are drinking healthy. <laughs> for those of you who want a light alternative to being fucked up. <laughs> yeah, White Claw. For those of you who in 20 years will be hearing a cancer commercial, White Claw. Uh, let me just say this, dude. It sucks to be an L.A. Chargers fan right now. The L.A. Chargers are 1-4, and four and they haven't lost a game by greater than seven points. Um, I don't – so I have no remorse. And I love <laughs> I have I love Anthony Lynn as a head coach and a human being. Is Anthony Lynn one of those head coaches that needs to be a coordinator? 
Yes. <laughs> yes, yes so I have a statistic for you. Are, are you ready for it? Hit me with it. Since the start of 2019, mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Chargers have lost 13 games by one score or less. <laughs> we're, we're only five weeks into the 2020 season. And, and here's the thing. We bury Bill O'Brien, right? Because it's easy. We don't want to play for him. I don't want him to be my coach. But Anthony Lynn, I would love to play for him. I think he's a terrific – I think he'd be a terrific coach to play for. But, I, I, you know, a spade is a spade. It, it might be time to say, hey, maybe Anthony, you, you got to go. And I, I think Anthony Lynn is next on the chopping block. I think Justin Herbert didn't turn over the football yesterday. I think the, I think the kicker missed an extra point and a field goal during regular time to lose that game. I think the Saints were outclassed for all of 47 minutes of that football game. And you you kept a Hall of Fame quarterback in it long enough for the Hall of Fame quarterback to remind you that he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. No doubt. So here's my theory. They fire Anthony Lynn. Eric Biemini, you know I can never say his name, takes the head coaching role at the Chargers, leads the Chargers to upend the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West. Wow. Okay, so I'm not against that storyline. I love it. But uh, (laughs) it's not going to happen because we don't hire minority coaches in the NFL. We just fire them. That's accurate, unless you're Ron Rivera <laughs> because you're fighting cancer. Here's yeah. here's what we're going to do. Give him cancer on the way out, though. Here, here's what we're going to do. We're gonna we're gonna do a bet right now. You've got the enemy to the Chargers, and I've got the enemy mm-hmm. to the Texans. Okay. All right. Oh, you know what? I don't want that bet. Never mind. <laughs> I forgot who I I forgot who I think the Texans are going to hire. Okay. Let's move into the Texans, right? The Texans fire. The Texans, <laughs> don't you dare wish that up to God. <laughs> don't you dare. So the Texans finally got their first win, right? Bill O'Brien was the problem. Bill O'Brien was the problem. <laughs> we, got, we got faithful listeners at Room 3. I'm just looking at statistics. And they were 0-4 with Bill O'Brien. <laughs> they were 1-0 without Bill O'Brien. I'm not a very smart man. Uh, quality of, of opponent doesn't matter, but no. Brandon Brandon Cooks looks like the receiver we expect to see every year. Brandon Cooks signing. Deshaun Watson remembered how to play football. JJ Watt remembered how to play football. Uh, so the Houston Texans got their first win. This is where I was going to go with that. Well, since we mentioned the Houston Texans, well, we're not going to cover a one and fourteen very long. But Josh McDaniels to the Houston Texans. That's what I think is going to happen. Doug, he's not leaving Daddy Belichick. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Does Bill look like he's retiring anytime soon? Mm, That's a negative. Exactly. The robot is going for another 12 years, (laughs) and I cannot wait for it because he is a fantastic coach. Do you see the first three quarters that he put up against Kansas City? Can you remember how many defensive players opted out for the New England Patriots before the season even started? 
and he still did that. And Chase Winovich looks like he's going to be the next big time Patriots defensive player. It's unbelievable. Yeah. God bless that man. I hope he coaches football to his eighty-seven. Then, yeah, and, then it, and more. And then he'll be the answer to the trivia question today, which is obviously yeah. not Bill Belichick. Foreshadowing. Stop Bill Belichick. He's not eighty-seven. Let, let's move on. All right, real quick, off the top of your head, who do you have for head coach of the year? Like coach Brian of the Flores. Year? You have Brian Flores. Brian Flores. Much respect, but you're incorrect. Oh, I, I don't care. I I said Brian Flores should have won it last year. And the fact that he has the Dolphins – the Dolphins are 3-2 and two right now, right? No, 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 no. They're 2-3, and three, aren't they? No, still. No. Brian Flores, Brian coach of the year. <laughs> or, or, uh, you know, here, I'll give you another one. The fact that the Arizona Cardinals are 3-2 and two makes me think that Cliff Kingsbury could be coach of the year. He lost to Detroit. Fuck out of here, bro. No. 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 I don't give a fuck. No. Absolutely not. Kyler Murray. Give me your pick then. It's Kevin Stefanski. Fuck Kevin Stefanski. He's got the Cleveland Browns 4-1, and and they just handled the Colts. Lucky games. Wow. His only loss was to the Baltimore Ravens. They're not that good. Uh, You you correctly predicted uh, the Colts' downfall, so I should have listened to you. But instead, I decided to bet the Colts, so thanks, Jermaine. Oh, I told you bet the Browns. I said Browns money. Well, you you told me not to bet the Colts. That's Yeah, fair enough. But I also told you if you're going to take a bet in this game, it's Browns money line. Oh, yeah. I mean, I should have listened to you. I should just listen to Warren Sharp. We pay him enough money. I should just bet him. (laughs) I should stop trying to, like, figure out the way to bet NFL because I'm not good at it. Oh, yeah, dude. I don't know what you saw on the Colts. The Colts beat the Bears 19-11. You know what I mean? Like, that's – they're not very good. Um, no, but can we talk about Kevin Stefanski? Kevin Stefanski has more wins in five games than Hugh Jackson had in 40. <laughs> that is an astounding statistic. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's maybe, got maybe maybe Kevin Stefanski was the right choice. Dude, so and we I I was like, all right, maybe the Browns have scored 30 points in four straight games for the first time since 1968. Jesus. The Colt the Browns scored 31 against the Cowboys in the first half. That is the most points they scored in the first half since 1991. I, yeah. Like he's playing with house money now. Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb is hurt, bro. Like expectations are out the window. Everyone thinks Baker is bad, even though they haven't watched the last couple football games. Baker Mayfield's been playing well. Stefanski is the coach of the year right now. Am I? Is that not the? Is he not the coach of the year? You know what's really sad? As good as they've been playing, they're still third in their division. <laughs> I know. I told my. <laughs> My old roommate is a Browns fan, and I told him, I was just like, yo, you know what I told him? He was – because we were talking – everything that we talked about, me and him talked about, and I was just like, you know what's fucked up is that this is going to be the best season in Browns, like, <laughs> like the last 30 years. Yeah. And y'all and are not making the playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I told him the same thing, dude. Oh, my God. They're not Maybe. making the playoffs, dude. And I told him, I was just like, look, all right, so you have pivotal matchups, right? You have pivotal matchups versus the Colts, 
and you have pivotal matchups versus the Raiders. If you could win those two games, you guys are making the playoffs. And he's just like, he didn't understand what I was saying. I was just like, dude, you play the Steelers or Ravens. That's four L's. It's yeah. <laughs> four L's. Yeah, like, you could, you, you're gonna go. You're gonna go at best one. Uh, a good season is one and three against those teams. And so he was just like, he hit. We had this conversation a few weeks back, and he hit me up two days ago, and he was just like, the bet to take this week is Browns plus. Plus three and a half versus Pittsburgh. And he, and he was like, who has Pittsburgh played? And I looked at it and I was just like, yo, Pittsburgh hasn't played anyone. Pittsburgh hasn't played anyone. Just like the Colts haven't played anyone. And the Browns went in there and they won that ball game. Okie dokie. And I was just we'll, – we'll, 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 we'll cover that later in the week on our, on our week six, on our week six uh, pick show. Last thing before we move on from the Browns, he was so confident that he asked me how he can how he can open a betting account to take this. <laughs> That's confidence right there, bro. He's so ready to get into sports betting. I love it. I love. So it. I've, I've already convinced a couple of guys that I work to, to do sports betting. It's pretty funny. That's great, dude. All right, so let, let's uh, let's let's move on to. Um, you mentioned Brian Flores as coach of the year. And well, let me let, let me talk about let me talk about one thing, right? I'll quickly oh, touch on the paper. Hey, hold hold on. There's like a weird echo. For me? Yeah. I don't know what happened. Still a weird echo? Yeah. Is there like a fan or a machine on somewhere? Yeah, you talk about Brian Flores then. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Brian Flores, right, stunned the world this weekend by taking a 43-point uh, over 17 versus Dolphins versus 49ers. Um, it's pretty shocking, to be honest. For, like, I mean, the 49ers, <laughs> I mean, they have lost some huge pieces, but 43 to Ryan <laughs> Ryan gave them fits. Remember, I texted you that Ryan gave yeah. them fits, dude. Yeah, it- I, I, I was uh, obviously that game was pretty late here. That was one of the four twenty-five games, so I didn't get to watch it. But waking up and looking at that scoreline made me look up highlights for that game because <laughs> that's I, I, I like. You know, when you wake up and you're a little bit of, and you're a little bit sleep deprived, you know, some of those like some NFL scores don't make sense. I had to like rub my eyes to be like, wait, what? Yeah, it's one of the ones. It didn't make sense. I watched it and I didn't understand it. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. It so didn't, it yeah, didn't make any they, sense. they whooped him. They molly whooped him. You said it. Yeah, uh, you know, it's not enough to be explained. Uh, Derek Carr uh, returned to twenty. What was it? Twenty sixteen MVP form. By uh, dicing up the Kansas City Chiefs, Derek Carr, Derek Carr in the first half matched Kansas City for twenty plus plays. Right, plays that game twenty plus yards. In the first half, Derek Carr matched Kansas City and had the game tied at twenty four at the half. It was five apiece, and then John Gruden and. And Paul Gunther, who's an underrated defensive coordinator in this league, went into the locker room and dialed up a perfect second-half defense to boggle Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. 
And Derek Carr did just enough great things against Spagnola to lead that team to victory. Josh Jacobs did what he needed to do, looked like a stud. And Oakland's a real problem. Oakland also, lost. Go. No, last thing. Oakland lost to John Gruden's Achilles heel. John Gruden's such a good coach that one of the only people who can beat him is Bill Belichick. Yeah. Remember, remember, remember when he wasn't going to be a good coach in this in in this league? He was antiquated. There was no way he could adapt. He's been out the game for so long. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's only the fact that you know he's been also watching and covering football for those ten years that he was out. He wasn't just sitting on a beach in Cancun somewhere. But no, I, I mean, like I mean, like the the Raiders the Raiders showed the perfect way to beat Kansas City, right? And that's to take advantage of their of their secondary. Their, their secondary is and, and on deep balls is not that good, right? And if you can if you can neutralize the pass rush of KC, you can win the football game. Exactly. Now, now the problem is a lot of teams in this league, like I said as a joke earlier, can't score forty points a game because you look, KC still scored thirty two or thirty six. Thirty two. KC still scored thirty two points, so you have to be able to. Stop Casey when it matters and outscore them when you get opportunities. Yeah. And, I, and, 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 and that seems, I mean, like people are listening are probably like, well, yeah, that's how you win football games. But it's the only way to beat the Chiefs. So here's, here's the thing. If you're throwing the ball to wide receivers within 18 yards of the line of scrimmage, Kansas City is terrific at locking that up. If you're not, if you're throwing deep, Right, if you're throwing deep with rugs who they drafted specifically to beat Kansas City, they drafted rugs specifically to beat Kansas City. He caught both his balls, right? Because he had two catches for 118 yards past the line of scrimmage. It was it was 42 yards and like 70 something yards. And that's how that's how you keep up with Kansas City. Mike Mayock has done an excellent job drafting. Minus his Cleveland Farrell pick, which is still the jury's still out. He can he can probably bounce back and prove me wrong. But Mike Mayock has developed a team specifically to beat Kansas City. And it's working. The only teams they've lost to is Josh Allen, who's playing like magic this year, right? And if it Bye. weren't and if and if well yeah, Chance, my, Chance Tuesday night game. Well, they've been on bye because of that ridiculously impromptu Steelers bye, so they got rusty. And if if it's if it's not Josh Allen and the the late fumble they had in that game that cost them that game, which nobody talks about, it was the fumble that cost them that game. Then you're looking at John Gruden beating the Saints. You're looking at John Gruden beating the Bills. You're looking at John Gruden beating the Chiefs, and then their only loss would have been to the Patriots. Yeah, that's that's it's a it's a scary Las Vegas Raiders team. So, so some of my final thoughts for the week, Jermaine. It's awesome to see Alex Smith take some snaps. I they they showed a, a camera shot of his wife in the stands, and obviously she's extremely nervous. But even even I like uh, you could hear broadcasters, people that were watching that game, kind of all were like, "Like I don't know, <laughs> I hate to see it." But then I saw his first hit that he took 
was Aaron Donald <laughs> jumping, jumping on his back and writing him dead. Like, come on, Aaron. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess there's no better way to test out than having the freaking Hulk land on your back and ride you to the ground. And once I saw that hit, I was like, okay, Alex, his knee, thank God those surgeons rebuilt his knee out of freaking carbon fiber titanium. Did you see his stat line to finish the game, though? Uh uh-uh, uh, no. It's like nine for 17, 37 yards. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he can't, he can't throw it deep yet. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I jokingly poke fun at Alex Smith uh, just because it's been a running joke in this podcast. But I picked him to be the comeback player of the year. And I told you all he has to do is take a snap this season and he steals it from Cam Newton. And, guess, so? what, and guess what happened? You think he wins comeback player of the year? I don't know. So Cam Newton kind of has a second comeback in him this year because he beat COVID. Yeah. So, unless he doesn't beat unless he doesn't beat COVID and now he's and now this is just another the long list of Cam Newton plays great at the beginning of the season and then something happens and he's <laughs> he's not the same Cam Newton. Accurate, accurate. But I, I dude it's Alex Smith is gonna get this award named after him, bro. It has to be. Yeah. Speaking of like, speaking of injuries, right? With the Carolina Panthers, Carolina Panthers backup running back Mike Davis is proving that no one should pay running backs, right? I don't agree. You you think that Carolina is a better team? Like Carolina has been winning without Christian McCaffrey. I think that uh, the first two games of the season were preseason football. I think that we have laundry lists of examples of great running backs going down and not being able to fulfill what the what those elite running backs have given them. I think we have laundry lists of examples of that. I think Mike Davis is an exception to the rule, and he might be one of the best replacements we've ever seen as far as a running back goes. My but dog that, is balling, dude. 100%. But they're also not playing terrific teams. Like the Panthers aren't aren't he's not putting up numbers against the Steelers and the Ravens. I thought you said the Steelers haven't played anyone good. The Steelers defense is legit. Who has Big Ben played? So wait, so but are you taking the Browns plus three and a half? Yes. Have the Browns played a legit defense yet? The Indianapolis Colts, the number one defense in the NFL. You can't use that now. You said they didn't play anybody. The Indianapolis Colts still tore up them, and the and the and the and the Browns answered every bit of it. The Colts had interceptions. They had they had a a kickoff return for a touchdown. You are such a hypocrite. That's I not that last week, and you poo pooed me. Yeah, because you were trying to take the Colts minus one and a half against the Browns, which was clearly the superior bet. And but now you're saying that the Browns are playing the Colts, who have a number, who have the number one defense. Well, last week you poo pooed me for the number one defense. They still have the number one. They gave up 32 and still have the number one, bro. <sighs> number one scoring defense. They still have it. They had they had interceptions and fumbles against the Browns, and the offense couldn't convert it. You you are a hypocrite, sir. I don't care what you say. I will, end, Eagles, I will end my – The Eagles with zero people on offense. I think it's Carson Wentz throwing to Bugs Bunny in the left field, right field, 
and uh, first base. They just put up how many points did they just put? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. They didn't cover, so I don't want to hear it. Twenty nine. I told you not to take that bet either. Yeah, well, you're so fucking smart, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, obviously, I'm gonna save you some money with you. Let me see your bet slip then. Let me see your bet slip. I don't have it because Coinbase is a son of a bitch. Because <laughs> Jermaine can't, Jermaine can't gamble in illegal currency, and he so he doesn't want to do it. Now I'll say this. I'll say this. this is my final sign off for Week Five. Why is Adam Gates still a head coach in the National Football League? <laughs> what, what, like, what, what, what is going on? What are we talking about here? So here's the thing: we've gotten Bill O'Brien, or sorry, Billy Butchin fired. We've gotten Billy Butchin. We've gotten. We didn't want yeah. Dan Quinn fired, though. Well, in our heart of hearts, we didn't, but we knew he needed to be fired. By, right? by the way, by the way, this this last week. Uh, was the first year the Carolina Panthers have beaten the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta in five years, six years. Oh, Dan Quinn needed to go. <laughs> so he was, I mean, he was out. <laughs> and now we've got one left on the list, bro. Yeah. Fucking Matt Patricia. No, dude. Matt Patricia is overachieved with how terrible his team is, dude. I just don't know how, like, like, how? How you just cut Le'Veon Bell, who was the <laughs> like pretty much the only reason you are a head coach of the New York Jets still. Like, what are you going to do? Trade away Sam Darnold after this week? Like, like I, 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 I almost think that I almost think that Adam Gase is just like try to fire me, dude. Dude, they're thinking about trading Sam Darnold. I know. Did you, did you not see that report? I did. Yeah, they said that they don't think they can get a first for Sam Darnold. That's how that's how much stock Sam Darnold has taken. First of all, first of all, no one's going to pay you a first for Sam Darnold, but he is well worth a first. He's going to go to a, a team where he where they actually use him, and he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the dude so is if overachieved if, in New York. If I'm a GM and New York says that, I'm licking my chops. If I'm a GM that – listen – Jerry, <laughs> you ain't paying Dak. Trade for Sam, bro. Trade a second and a third for Sam, bro. No, here's the thing. You want to do some audacious shit? Trade Listen, if DeAndre trade. Hopkins doesn't get a first, nobody gets a first. If, if where's the line? <laughs> where's the line, dog? Look, you want to do some audacious shit? You want to do some shit that'll piss some people off? You sign Dak Prescott and trade him to the Jets for Sam Donald. <laughs> hey, welcome back from a compound action, ankle uh, fracture. You're going to the Jets with Adam Gase. Dak is like, I thought I was in hell. It was just purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll say. So, obviously, next uh, later in the week, we'll do our, our week six picks. Um I didn't realize until Sunday when the games were going on that I actually didn't put out any picks. I bet I just didn't put out any picks. So I'll remedy that this week. We'll we'll put out uh, picks on the socials. Um, No guarantees, folks. Yeah. No. Again, this is pure. This is purely speculative. I probably forget again. Uh, You know, I am. I am. I am protecting all of your freedoms right now. So thank me for my service. This is uh, sober Nick talking. No guarantees. Oh, yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Um, 
So, Jermaine, you you have a a special speaking on Dak Prescott. You have a special a special rant for us today in Find Him and Cut Him. Oh man, it fucking eats me alive, dude. It eats me alive that this is a this is an actual thing. And you know what chaps my ass even further is that it's a unionized league, and the National Football League Players Association. Allows this to still be a fucking thing. What Jermaine is talking about, of course, is the franchise tag, which teams can place on a player for a maximum of three years, I believe. Basically, one year. It's a one-year contract that is the average of the top five salaries at that player's position. And it can be placed on a player for every year for three years, I believe. Fuck the franchise tag. You know the audacity it takes to have that? It's like, we don't want to pay you, but we're not going to let other people in the league pay you. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it is. We How- like you. We like you, but we don't love you enough to give you a multi-year contract. How fucking stupid is that? If I'm not getting the value of, in my job position, I can apply for other jobs to get the value I'm seeking. But for some reason, the NFL and the NFL Players Association think that it's somehow legal in a free economy, in a free capitalistic society, in a free market system, in free enterprise that we so proudly hang our hat on as God-wielding, God-fearing, gun-toting patriots in the United States of America. I like God-wielding. That was very nice. And, and, and they're going to fucking allow this? Are you fucking kidding me? Dak Prescott proved without a shadow of a doubt, despite he can't win big games and he had a 1-3 and three record before he went down, that he is as good as he says he was. The dude's playing with the most shite defense and I've seen in a while, and the Atlanta Falcons have been a football team for the last five years. The New York Jets, you know what their Achilles is? Their Achilles heel is? They're bad at fucking football. <laughs> is that, That's not good in the National Football League. That's not good in the National Football League. But for some goddamn reason, the franchise tag exists. Kirk Cousins asked for a, a reasonable market value contract, got franchise tagged twice instead, and those two franchise tags, guess what? They added up to the total he requested for a three-year deal. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me either. It's it's why, un, why, why don't, it's why don't you just pay? Why don't you just pay the guy? I mean, we're, we we've seen this trend before. I mean, I, the, the franchise tag is being utilized less and less, I figure. When we were kids, it was used a lot more. But, like, GMs now are figuring out that, like, oh, I can get these players to agree to less money if I sign them in, like, year two of their rookie deals to, to their second contracts. We spent a whole offseason praising general managers for signing their players in year after year three. Yep. We can't miss prospects – First-round talents, second-round talents, third-round overachievers have been signed after three years. Le'Veon Bell Bell was fucked out of huge potential money because the Steelers decided to franchise tag him twice. Now he's a free agent. And now he's not even on a football team because he lost his good years being a, a running back in the professional football league. And you know what? 
he still made twenty eight million for fifteen games for the New York Jets. So yeah, let's not let's again again. We're talking here in terms of in terms of league averages. We're not talking here in terms of like middle class families. Like yeah, and so they still make sizable amounts of money. So Le'Veon, congratulations on the fleece, and you're out of New York. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Darnold is jealous. Yeah, Sam Darnold, uh, hopes and prayers to you, my man. Uh, as though the hopes and prayers should be with Dak, they're, they're, with, they're with you too, because if you're not careful, you're next. Those darn ghosts. <laughs> the ones he's throwing so, to or the ones he's seeing? Yes. <laughs> so like I said, later in the week, we'll, we'll, drop, we'll drop an episode that, that we give our, uh, our week six review. But thanks for listening to our week five preview. Jermaine, what do you have for the people? Uh, this was the week five recap, not preview. Or review. Uh, review. All right, I'll allow that. Yeah, that's not a preview, but got it. Uh, I have nothing. You know, I'm not. You know, you know, I is not so good with my words. I have nothing but this half full white claw that I'm sipping for the people. Follow us at Podcast Room Three Zero Three for Twitter and Instagram. And uh, Nick, give them the trivia answer. Oh, yeah, that, that little thing. So I asked you at the beginning of the show, who is the oldest coach in NFL history? And I kind of alluded to it. And if you guys pay any attention, I said it doesn't have to be the coach that started the season. It could be an interim head coach. The reason I say that is because after Billy Butchin got fired, the Houston Texans promoted Romeo Cronell to be their interim head coach. Romeo Cronell is the oldest coach in NFL history at 73 years old. I don't even know if I would want to be like I, – I think I would just be one to sit in, sit in my house on the beach at 73, not coach a National Football League team. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. <laughs> but, yeah, Romeo Cornell gets it. So he is the oh, now the oldest coach in NFL history. So does that also make him the oldest coach to win a football game in NFL history? I, I let me let me check my let me check my sources. Yes, that's exactly what it means. Double trivia. Fuck our blow rate. Jeez. <laughs> Double down. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for episode thirty-one of Podcast Room Three Zero Three. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan. Independent amplifier out. Hey, Room Three Zero Three listeners. Are you looking for a way to make every game day exciting, even when your favorite team isn't suiting up? Then Thrive Fantasy is the destination you're looking for. A -a one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have options for NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports. Guess what? They even take all the research out of it for you by only asking about top-tier athletes in their respective sports. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is, baby. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Build your lineup daily and earn all that moolah. For NFL, choose 10 out of 20 player prop options. NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options. With PGA having new contests each match day, Thursday, Friday, and so on. Still on the fence? Well, here's the nudge you need. Use promo code Room 303 when you sign up and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. I'll repeat that. Promo code Room 303. A $20 bonus. 
Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launch in 2018. What are you waiting for? To be up 28 to 3? Download Thrive Fantasy now and prop up today. Not all states qualify.